Did you watch the fight last night? I did not, you know, but I heard that it did not disappoint. I think it was a good pay-per-view overall. Um, but now I feel like since Justin won, they have to do a rubber match. You you get what I'm saying? If Dustin had won, I feel as if that chapter would be over and Dustin can move on. But now they're both like, you know. Yeah, but I guess my question would be when, though. Because, I mean, is that really the fight that we want to see next out of each one of them? I'm not sure that's what I want to see next. Honestly, what fight do you want to see from either of them? I don't know, man. I haven't been following. I didn't expect you to open with the UFC question because I've not been following it. Mm, well. I've not watched a fight in years. Years? I, I think so. Why not? I thought you were all big into it. I, I work Saturday nights now. You can't keep up with it? No, hey. not really. Honestly, a lot of people like like watching the fights, but I think, just my opinion, I think more people like talking about the results of the fight and what's next. I would agree with that, but I barely even know that right now. Like, I mean, I can usually keep up with who won the main event, but, I mean, no, like, I, I barely know any fighters right now. Um, a lot of the guys who were in main events have retired since I kind of stopped watching it. So, I mean, it's just really, um, oh, it's. I don't have much to add to it right now. Said I work Saturday nights now, and that kind of brings me to something I was going to ask you. Go ahead. So is this gardening with Tom part two, or is this bartending with Tom part one? It's everything with Tom. We or, got a lot to talk about. Or it can be gardening with Tom one point five. You could kind of kind like the behind the scenes of the first episode, like um, how they did uh, the Lion King. Didn't they do Lion King 1 and Lion King 2 and then Lion King 1 and a half? They did, but I was kind of thinking more of like a jackass thing because this isn't, you know, animated. This is real life. This is It, it is. Man, I saw something on Damn, I saw a uh, little video of this girl. Cry- it was like a meme video and it was this girl like crying. She was sobbing, but she was trying to do a dance move. And it was like uh, what Simba felt like 20 minutes after his dad died when that pig and that rat made him do a, a musical number. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So that, That's one thing I never understood about the Disney movies. Like, why does a parent have to die every time? It just seems kind of sad. Sad shit happens in life. Yeah, that's true, but I mean... Have you seen the uh, Pepsi and Coke reenactment of um, Mufasa dying? No, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. So it's, uh, I'll send it to you. But um, it's a can of Coke dangling off the side like Mufasa was, and then Pepsi's on top like Scar was. And uh, Coke is like, Scar, brother. (laughs) And then, um, like, you know, Pepsi's looking down at Coke, and Pepsi says to Coke, long live the king. And he takes a, like a, um, pack of mementos and like shoves it in the coke oh. and then he like pushes him down and as he's like falling in as he's like falling down the uh, mint did I just say mementos you did yeah the mentos like exploded and he was like ah and then 
um, there was a Coke Zero representing Simba. And he's like, Dad. Lot to show. It's a lot funnier if you see it. Yeah. We're, it's pretty cool. I mean, you're just not there as a podcast yet where, like, we can pull up the clip and, you know, the guest can see. In due time. Th- that'll be fun when you get to that point, though. In due time. I mean, this is fun, too, though. Oh, it is. I know. I need to... I need to do more of it. It's uh, the logistics of a podcast are uh, very not confusing, but not as easy as one would think. For sure, but I can just I can visualize it. I can see a, a television right here mm-hmm. to your right, and it's just it's right there. And you've already got the producer's chair there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only going to get better from here. See, I don't. I wonder. My ultimate goal would to be, I don't know if, I use this term loosely, but shy away from podcasting and do like a show, you know, like get rid of the mics and put the little tiny mic on your shirt, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then just like, you're just hanging out in a room. I mean, this, we got the table and the mic set up and that's cool. Have like the producing part of it like, off camera, and then just, like, chill in, like, a couple seats or, like, if you're in a living room setting or something like that, have the TV up there. I get that, but... Or or keep the mics and the headset, but, like, don't do, like, the table. Just do, like, a more more comfortable setting. I mean, the most popular podcasts are more popular than the most um, popular late-night shows. Oh, yeah. I mean... Like, no one, no, none of the late guy, late night guys come anywhere close to Rogan's numbers. So, I want to, I mean, podcasts seem to work. You know, you can listen to them mm-hmm. while you're driving, while you're working. I mean, I, I think you should lean into t- to that aspect of it. I don't think you need to go over the top. This chair's pissing me off. But, um, yeah. You I need do, a better chair. I do. It's like half broken. My grandma used it to paint and shit. I keep on wanting to think that this chair has wheels, but it doesn't. No, like, this this one leans back. I mean, this but, one's good. But yeah, the uh, numbers. I think I heard one time that Joe Rogan does like 11 million listens on average per podcast. And I think late night they do um, maybe a million. So, I don't know. It's just... With the internet and like how you, how up to date you can get shit, and how instant things are, like late night is just not what it used to be. No, it's not. It's terrible. So I don't think it was ever that good. There's some I like. Yeah, I, I like Conan actually. Yeah. Oh, Letterman. Letterman was fun. Mm-hmm. I like Jimmy Fallon. He's cool. Not me. You don't like him? Now, Fallon, not Kimmel. No, yeah, I just, I, I do not think he is funny. Oh. Why is that? I, I, I like him because he tries not to be political. Like, Kimmel and Colbert, they base everything off of like politics now. I mean, he was bringing Obama on his show. Who? Uh, Fallon was. Well, okay. Yes, I I understand what you're saying, but 
who would turn down a president? I mean, I know Rogan did, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Obama came on there, and he didn't ask for any demands. Yeah, they did karaoke together. Yeah, Rogan turned down Trump and Biden. I think he turned down Biden because he knew Biden wouldn't stay awake, but he turned down Trump because Trump only wanted to do like a 15-minute. Right. And Joe was pretty much Joe Rowe, as some people would call him. Mm. Uh, Smitty, shout out to you. (laughs) Um, He said that he, he doesn't think that would be productive. It would just be like, how are you really going to learn about people? You're not. In 15 minutes. Learn about me, man. Ask me a bartending question or a gardening question. I know you know me, but the people out, out there listening don't know me that well. Um, okay. How, uh, what'd you do? How did you do jumping into bartending? Um, I was awkward at first, definitely. I'd, I'd already had like three or four years of customer service experience, um, working in retail with your cousin Ryan, good man. And um, so, yeah, wh- what actually got me into bartending was that I was working for a shoe store that just, you know, they closed my location down. And um, so I c- always kind of thought about being a server. I don't s- sleep well. I stay up really late. So I got into bartending to kind of just accommodate that. Plus, I was uh, taking classes at UC, and I was about to start student teaching. So that was definitely going to work with the schedule better. So I'd always gone out a lot, went to a lot of bars, knew a little bit about drinking. But it was kind of just awkward being, like, right in your face uh, so many people a night. So it was definitely awkward at first, but I was a hard worker. So um, it's definitely a social job, and that's what a lot of people appreciate about it. What a lot of people don't appreciate about it is all the extra stuff you have to do. It's a lot like being a custodian in a lot of ways. It's a lot of cleaning. Like um, I've always had to take care of uh, cleaning and polishing all my own glassware, taking out my own garbage. So I got by fine on that. And as I did it more, that's where I got a little bit more comfortable behind the bar. But the guy who trained me, Roger, really fun dude. He um he taught me early on like you um. You run the bar. The bar does not run you. So, like, when you're there bartending, like, you're the one in charge. It's your house. And um, don't let people push you around, but be polite to them. When you say people, do you mean customers or the people you work with? Uh, Both. Okay. Both. Like, um, there's some bartenders that uh, they really like the coworkers. They really like the employer, but they hate the guest. Like, I'm probably more on the side of the guest because okay. realistically, like it's the guest that I make money off of mm-hmm. and I appreciate them. I appreciate the support, but I am a tipped employee. So I, you know, I get paid like five bucks an hour and mm-hmm. um, everything else is tips. So like, I have a big appreciation for the guest. Do you, I know I've asked you this plenty of times before, does your establishment or restaurant or whatever you want to call it, um, do they split tips or do you do you have your own tip jar and another bartender has hers or theirs or his? Don't want to assume anything. Yeah, so the place I'm working now, that I've worked for the past year, uh, 
Paglio, Columbia, Tusculum, great pizza. Uh, the servers and the bartenders, yeah, we all, um, we tip pool. We split tips. You basically get the uh, total tips made that night and the total hours worked, and you divide that to, you know, figure out how much tips per hour for each person. Do you tip per hour? So, like, if it... Why why wouldn't you just, like, uh, just for the sake of math, if you have $100 in tips and there are five people working, why wouldn't you just split it $20 each? Because there are... There's always, like, other jobs just outside of, like, taking care of the guest. So the people that work more hours, that's, you know, more tables being cleaned, more stuff being picked up off the floor, more uh, silverware and glassware being polished, more food being ran, more phone calls being answered. So the people that do work more deserve a larger portion of that. Okay. Um, Servers, meaning... People not behind the bar, like uh, correct. waiting tables. Yeah, the people you know so, uh, serving guests in the dining room. So if I go there and I eat at a table, yes, and I tip someone fifteen percent, yes, all right, and then you go to the bar and you tip someone fifteen percent or whatever for a drink. How I don't know what the tip is for a drink, but whatever do you i do me now my server will they pick up the tip save okay save it's cash because if it's you know through like the card then right. i can see where it, where i you get where i'm going with it but if it's cash does that server keep that or no. does she put it in the like you know in the pile it goes in the pot yeah and that gets factored into. Do you like that? Um, I like it at this place specifically. I, I wouldn't like it everywhere. Now, like um, for restaurants that have bars, it is typical that the bar um, tips does a tip pool because there is just a lot of like shared work, and it's just the best way to do it. Like you can, um, like you can get caught up with like a really talkative guest or like a really needy guest. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, it, it really is teamwork. Like, the other bartender has to pick up the slack if someone, like, gets busy or tied up. So um, the tip pool as a bartender is, like, a pretty common thing, unless, like, you're working by yourself. And I like it here because, um, of course, um, we also get to pull pickup tips. Like, I can get really good um, percentages you know, like a lot of people tip 15, 20%. I work in a nice part of town. I, I like to say I'm pretty good at my job, so I can get really good percentages. But one thing I'm not ever really going to get as a bartender is a group of like 8 to 12 people. I'm dealing with typically 2 to 3 at a time, 4 or 5 tops. So um, with the tip pool, when I'm making these drinks for these big tables in the dining room, you know, 10 or 12 people, it's allowing me to get a bigger take of that. You probably might have answered this question before, but um, however many bartenders there are that night yeah, and servers, is there a server tip pool 
and a bartending tip pool? No, it's all the same pool. Really? At at this place. Uh, I would you? say most places it would be a separate pool. Like the bar would have a tip pool. Then from there, like a server would have their section of like four or five tables. And they just keep everything that was in the section that night, which a really good thing about that is incentive. Because, you know, there's this saying, like, you burn and turn. Um, if you're not pulling tips, there's much more incentive to keep your table clean, to be prompt about your work. Because, like, if you're not fussing your tables and, you know, cleaning it off after your guests leave to get that next table, like, that is going to affect your income. Now, because we tip pull... If I'm slow at the bar and I see a table that needs to be bussed because there's people on a wait, I'll go bus and clean that table because it's helping me make more money. If it wasn't for that, if I was just keeping my own tips, I just wouldn't do that because it wouldn't benefit me. It would just keep me from doing other things that do benefit me. Do you have bar backs? No, but there's really no need. Okay. So, like, we have um, support staff that basically work as, like, host busser, food runner, um, helps with the pickup orders. So on a weekend, we'll have two or three of those, plus a couple managers there helping out. So there's really no need for a bar back. It wouldn't be worth the money. We would have to tip them out. If I ever, when, not if, but when I get into, um, like, filming this and, like, video podcasting, the next time you come on here, or the next time you're on here and it's a video podcast, we should do like a reenact a scene of a bar. You know what I mean? You know how like that would like be fun. like late night, how they would do like a bar scene or something like that. Right. And you would like, you know, clean off the bar after you gave me a drink and I would sigh. <sighs> and, you'd, you know, you'd be cleaning the bar. What bothers you today, buddy? And then I would tell you my whole life story, that kind of thing. Not not necessarily that, but you get what I'm saying. I, I get what you're saying. Something um, like that. But, th- like, there's different types of bartending, and um, that's not so much the bartender I've been because I've always worked, like, with food. I've always been at a bar that has a solid kitchen. So with that, it is a little bit more um, routine and making sure that uh, – you know, like I'm trying to sell all three courses that um, I'm making sure that people understand our menu, like explaining, because we have New York and Detroit style pizzas. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, it really is about the food more because, you know, people tip, the tip is off of the percentage of the total bill. And, you know, I'm going to get a bigger ticket by selling more food than what I am selling a $4 Miller Lite. Do you watch Bar Rescue? I don't know. I mean, and it's a good show, but I mean, anything that's staged like that, I, it's just not for me. I don't know. He, I, I watched some interviews where he said it's not staged. I do not believe him. Okay. But have you ever seen an episode of it? Yeah, I've seen uh, I've like seen, when it was new. Yeah, I've it's seen been it. on, around for a long time. But when it was yeah, new, I've seen episodes here and there. Um, but some of like the bartending experts he brings in, they've made like a career out of bartending. Is that what you plan on doing? Like, are you going to try to be bartender of the year? I mean, I would say so far I've I've done that. How you would know, you I, know? I'm not the most um, 
I'm not the highest paid bartender in the world, but as far as um, just uh, sustaining a lifestyle just on bartending, yeah, like I've I've done that for years. Do you plan to do it for years to come? Um, that is a good question. Like, I actually just do enjoy it for what it is. You know, um, like I was almost a teacher, and people say like you probably make more money as a bartender. I really don't know. I you know really haven't like looked at the numbers and compared it. It really was for me is that I liked being in the bar and restaurant industry so much more. It was just. So I, I was just naturally better suited for it. What's the whole thing about um, like holding the cup one way and the beer pouring it to make it like the best kind of drink possible or some? Okay, so something like that. Here's the thing: um, beer is going to foam regardless. Like it's a carbonated beverage, so it is going to like fizz up and foam. So it's either going to foam in your stomach or it's going to foam in your glass so when i'm pouring a beer and this is the way everyone should do it like you do want it to have that frothy head you do want it to foam up in the glass a little bit because that way like that energy's already be been dispersed and it's not going to that foam's not going to sit on the drinker's stomach and um as far as like hitting that angle right it's um, all about the angles yeah, it's all about the angle so that you're achieving, like, that right level of head as you're pouring. And um, basically, it's kind of like reducing the distance between the beer as it comes out of the spout to the glass. So, how would you do it? Like you got a can right there. Yeah, you start off at kind of like a 45-degree angle, and as it gets to around that halfway point, you just start to level it out. Are, are you talking about the glass or the... The glass. Okay. And, um, I mean, pouring a beer isn't hard, but it is something where, like, if you just walked up and tried to do it for the first time, you'd probably do it wrong. I know I did. Um, I know most people I've seen, that's the way it goes. I saw a video where maybe it was John Tapper. Anyway. No, I know the video you showed me, yeah. Like they put the napkin in the beer and then the beer foamed up or whatever? Right. Yeah, okay. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like it can either foam up in your, like in your glass or in your stomach. Right. And there's a couple ways to look at it. From like a salesman perspective, if, if my guest doesn't have a stomach ache, they're more likely to order another beer. But, um, and this sounds like BS, but it is true. Like, um, I do want my guests to leave feeling good and satisfied. So, like, pouring the beer the proper way is going to help me achieve that. That's what I'm going to do. Have you sold much Bud Light lately? Well, I never sold that much in the first place. Like, I, the headlines I've seen, apparently they've, uh, taking some hits over all the controversy. I just never sold that much in the first place. No, he went to UC. I did not know she, that. I, I, I knew no. nothing about that person. I, I, I don't either, but I... I never even saw the commercial. I saw an article and then, like, you know how they'll say, like if they talk about an actor, they'll mention a role they did 20 years ago. Like, um... The Titanic actor 
who's 47 years old or some shit like that, they'll say that, and then instead of actually saying their name, so they said it like that for Dylan Mulvaney or whatever, and um, but they said it like, oh, the the gra- the UC graduate or the graduate of University of Cincinnati, and I was like, oh, I guess that's cool, kind of unique. I did not know that, but with the Bud Light, I mean, I never liked Bud Light in the first place. As far as, like, the domestic light beer goes, I've always just liked Miller Light way more. But Bud Light, they had, you know, great marketing, and they still do. They messed up on that one specific thing. But to me, from what I can tell, Bud Light was never having those uh, top numbers because they had the top product. They had the best marketing. I mean, like, the Dilly Dilly commercials, hilarious. Like, the Here We Go commercials with a little dog. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's synonymous with football. It's synonymous with sports, more so than the other domestic beers, from what I can tell. Maybe it's just where we are geographically. Maybe, like, Coors Light is uh, bigger out west, and uh, maybe, like, Miller Light, other Midwestern states. But, I mean, um, where I'm working, it's mostly wine, and it's a lot of cocktails. And, of course, we're in Cincinnati, which is may have the highest breweries per capita. It's definitely like top five in the United States. You mean per capita? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Okay. I mean, we're we're a craft beer city. We have the biggest Oktoberfest in the United States. So, um, Why do they have Oktoberfest, not in October? Um, I, I can't remember... I can't remember. I, I once knew the answer to that question, but Oktoberfest is essentially, you know, like a celebration of, like, ending the harvest, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, like, the work's been done for the year. And um, oct- Oktoberfest beers, they're, uh, they're made, like, they're brewed in the spring to be mm-hmm. drank in October. That's why, like, some Oktoberfest beers are called, like, Marzins. Yeah, I think it ties it? to, like, the... The month of March, but do you get depressed around like September, October a little bit? Not at all. I I have the opposite of that. I love winter time. Yeah, that shit ain't cool, man. I uh, dude, it, it's the heat that makes me depressed. Like when I, Why? as soon as I step outside, I'm freaking miserable, sweating. Like, and then I don't actually get depressed. But I mean, like it's I definitely like winter time more than summer. And from a bartending angle, I get more business in the wintertime than what I do in the summer. People aren't going on vacations. I think there's something about um, it being cold outside and wanting a hot pizza. There's something about wanting to get pizza before or after, like, going to a basketball game or a football game. Last question about bartending that I've noticed about you. Is it still hard for you to go out to other bars and enjoy yourself because you're constantly watching how the bartenders are and judging them? No, because there's not that much to the job as far as just, like, the technical skills of, you know, like, preparing a drink. Um, That being said, I definitely, for the places I like to hang out, I pick bartenders I like, not necessarily bars that I like. Okay, I get you. you know, like, you got to give your, you know, 
like how some people sure. shop brands that you know just they they like the owner they like the overall message like i i drink miller light and i drink uh jameson and it's going to taste the same anywhere i go so i'm going and it's going to pretty much cost the same anywhere i go so. so if you go to a new bar that you've never been to you're going to go back to that bar or you're not going back to that bar based on the first experiences you had through the bartenders is that what you're saying tell me um see i'm really not like an adventurous person like that I, i'm more of like a, i find a place i like and i just stick to it so um if i'm trying somewhere new it's but usually those places you stick to are you sticking to them because you like the bar or the bartender did a great job that's it, if i'm strictly just getting drinks yes okay but I also like, um, I mean, if I really like the way <laughs> that my meal was prepared, if I really loved the entree I got, I'll go back even if the bartender treated me like complete trash. <laughs> I would. I mean, I, I, I'm not that judgmental when it comes to other bartenders. I mean, it's no different than in any other profession. You have some people that are better at it than the others, and I just really don't take it that personally. And, and I'm not even someone to talk about, like, the first world problems, but that is very much like a first world problem if your bartender wasn't nice enough to you. Now, being, like, blatantly rude or disrespectful is a different thing, but, I mean, like, like one time, this lady, she was, um, she just kept on going on about how this other bartender I was working with, like, doesn't ever smile. Like, well, I haven't seen you smile yet either since you've been here. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> you, you don't seem very uh, pleasant yourself, but. You're, you're not smiling because they're not smiling. So won't you change up and you smile, maybe they'll smile. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not necessarily the definition of a bartender to be like a a part-time therapist or, like, stand-up comic, like what some people expect. I try to embrace that aspect of the job because it'll make me more money and it just makes the job more enjoyable to like the people that you're serving, especially the people that come back multiple times a week or even just a few times a month. Like, that is, for the bartenders that don't want to embrace that, you know, that's your choice to make. It's a bartender's job to make the customer have the most enjoyable experience possible. There's a limit to that. Yeah, but that's a that's they wh whether they're a smiling person or not, as long as they're nice to you and they're doing what you ask them to do in mm -hmm. a good manner, right? They don't have to smile. Well, you think about it like football, where the objective is ultimately to win. Well. It's ultimately to get the ball to the end zone. Yeah. And um, but there are a lot of different ways you can do it. I mean, mm -hmm. but the steps are pretty much the same. Like you're going to throw or you're going to run. And um, you're going to have these plays that you follow. And within that, you're going to find moments to improvise. Like a quarterback might see a blitz coming and change the play like on the line of scrimmage. But... Otherwise, it's still just following these steps. And I think some people just overthink that a little bit. Then other people don't take that 
seriously enough, just like the routine nature of it. I've been doing it so long that um, it really just does kind of come natural to me. I can kind of just go into autopilot. And Do you sell bush light peach? No, and we never will. Why? I, Are you like I, I don't want to be disrespectful to people that drink bush light peach, but, you know, we sell craft beer. Um, we sell imported wines. and So you're like a high-end hipster bar that sells pizza. I wouldn't say we're a hipster bar, and I wouldn't say that we're a high-end bar either. I mean, our most expensive whiskey is like $20 for a neat pour, and hmm. I mean, that's high for a lot of places, but it's... You go to, I mean, you go to like a Goodfellas pizzeria, and every Goodfellas has a uh, a bar upstairs that has some of the best whiskeys that you can buy that might go for like 50 60 maybe even like more than $100 a pour. So I wouldn't say that we're high-end, but I think that we are, I think that the money you spent is very well spent. Like, I think that we do pizza pretty much as good as you can do it without having to charge, you know, like $100 for a pizza. I mean, like one of our signature pizzas, I think the most expensive one is like 32 bucks for a large that can feed, you know, three to four people. And um, that's comparable to um, like chain pizza places. But ours, I would say, is a lot better. So it's definitely high quality, but it's not like... It's not like you'd have to be rich to afford to eat there. Remember back in the day when Pizza Hut was the spot? I mean, I still like Pizza Hut, but the one in our particular hometown it has seen better days. It has. I hope they can turn it around because I do like Pizza Hut, and there's room for places like Pizza Hut. They do stuff that we don't do. We're pretty much just pizza and salads. Or they'll have, like, pastas, and they'll play around with other entrees. Mm. And they're a, a bit more casual than we are. What else you been up to? Um, not a lot, man. Like, I come to Georgetown on most of my days off to play around in the garden. And this is probably... You know you can't play around the garden in wintertime. Just saying. Who says you can't? There's plenty of things you can do in a garden in wintertime. Go ahead, tell me. Um, I'm not going to be picking jalapenos in January, but um, adding to my compost pile, absolutely. Like um, building new raised beds, yeah. And even just, um, you can't underestimate like the planning, which isn't necessarily like playing in the garden, but you have to put in a lot of planning. And so, yeah, what I was going to say was that this is probably like the biggest variety of different vegetables that we've ever grown in a year, but it's also probably like the highest yield. Like we're probably picking just more. Best garden you've ever had? It's, it's too soon to say. I mean, because um, I've been picking peas and radishes since like March, so it's probably the earliest uh, significant harvest that I've ever had. So and I'm going to throw out some names. Okay. And you tell me if you have it or not in your garden. Go for it. 
basics. We'll start out corn. Not like a sweet yellow corn, a popcorn, and we have what uh, people call Indian corn. What about like um, like I know bodacious is sweet corn, so no sweet corn at all. No sweet corn. Not even like silver. No silver queen, no peaches and cream, no ambrosia. That silver queen, that's what I was trying to think of. Um, what kind of beans? Green beans. Like blue, blue, blue lake. lake. Okay. Blue lake bush beans. Um, you got like any hort- horticulture beans? Um, Lima beans. Oh, uh, I do not. I should try. The, I don't like lima beans, but there are other beans that I do like that I should try growing. Laser beans. <laughs> oh, gosh. Slap I need a bigger snake. garden. Yeah. Um, Keep going. Beets. Oh, yeah. I got a ton of beets. They say they're the uh, super vegetable. They are. Like, Have you ever had like a cold beet, a canned beet, you know? Um, I have a friend who does canning and pickling for me, and um, the first batch was just finished. I'm going to be trying them next week. So you don't can? I I have someone who does it for me. Um, and by the way, like that, it's mentalities like that that help um, farmers and gardeners succeed. Like if you had a world where every farmer you know, was a dairy farmer and like every farmer just had cows, but then there's no one growing straw or corn to feed them. Like that wouldn't work. What about cabbage? Not this year. And I, I kind of wish that I did. Um, the cabbage I did in the past, I started uh, hydroponically and uh, these old hoop houses that my uncle had from um, where he used to raise tobacco, but uh, wind damage. Um, made it to where I was not able to do that this year. I would like to do cabbage in the future again. Peas. Oh, yeah. I, I've i had peas since March. Cucumbers. Way too many. Two different kinds. I can't remember what they are, but basically one for uh, pickling and uh, another kind for eating fresh or like in salads. Squ- or I'll make good cocktails with them. Squash. Um. One, two, three, four different types of squash. I've got blue hubbard, acorn, butternut, and zucchini. And the blue hubbard squash, that's um that's the one for my most famous Instagram post of all time. Yeah. First prize. I I took the next year off, came first place with uh carrots, but I plan on taking home that that blue ribbon for the squash again this year. So, um, putting your vegetables in the fair, that's a big deal with your family? I wouldn't say it's a big deal. Like, we, we wouldn't do it if it cost us any type of, like, actual stress, but it's just, like, a fun thing to do. Um, you know, something I've done literally my entire life, so it is nostalgic, and it does help keep me connected to uh, Georgetown in that way. Um, are you going to enter any pumpkins? Uh, pumpkins are more of like my dad's realm. Is he going to enter any pumpkins? Oh yeah, definitely. I, assuming that the plants keep on growing as they are. He's very good at it. What else? I mean, I can just go ahead and like run off the rest of the list if you want. Sure. 
um, radishes. I grew a lot of radishes this year, and I'm still going to plant some more. Um, two different types of watermelon, and three if you uh, count the kind that my dad planted this year. Cantaloupe? Yep. Really? Yeah, I actually might have some ready today. Um, last time I checked, they were looking pretty close, and the cantaloupe, they're not like a watermelon that has a really hard shell. Like, you need to make sure you get that cantaloupe off the ground. Do you have enough ready for a good friend? Is that good friend you? I guess. That one condition, man. What's that? You got to come over and pick it yourself. Oh, okay. I might be able to do that today. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, Oh, potatoes. You forgot potatoes. We grew okay. a lot of those. And um, Sweet potatoes? No. Um, You're a phony. No, I can't remember what kind, but a brown kind and a red kind. Said green beans. Oh, yeah, I've got kale. That's like, it's either third or fourth generation. I think I planted it in... Um, Isn't kale also another super fruit or super vegetable? It's really good for you. Yeah. I'm pretty, I bought a pack of seeds. I'm pretty sure it was late winter of 2021. Onions. And ever since then, like, I've had just multiple volunteer kale plants. You know, just from where I let the um, the plant fully mature and drop seeds, they just completely volunteer it's really cool and that's owen gourds and that's pretty much everything no no onions no onions my gourds are volunteer as well i have one raised bed that i just throw like my old gourds and pumpkins in and they just i just keep the vines that look the best so they cross pollinate and you get some uh you get gourds that you want to be able to buy seed pack for what about peppers oh yeah uh, banana peppers, uh, cayenne peppers, and uh, California Wonder bell peppers. No jalapenos? No jalapenos, man. They're too hot. Well, I mean, and the cayennes are hot, but I can easily dehydrate those and uh, uh, make the red pepper flakes with those. And I eat a lot of pizza, so that comes in handy. Grow some jalapenos next year. I'll take care of you. I might. Like, one plant gets me way more than what I need. Grow about three of them. I'll take care of you. I mean, space, man. Like, do I really want to take up that space for something I don't really eat? Because anything else I grow, except for the cucumbers, I do a really good job of um, eating. Cucumbers I grow for other people. Plant three jalapeno plants, and I'll take care of you. Just, you got to believe me. If you buy the seeds, and I know we're only talking like three bucks for a pack of jalapeno seeds, but to even pay the three bucks for a pack of seeds when I only want three of them, and I'm barely going to eat them, I would rather have that space for something else. Have you ever had um, pepper jelly? I have, and it's really good. You have? Yes. Okay. I, I had it at Alexandria Brewing Company in Alexandria, Kentucky, um, I had these wings. They were like, they were a blackberry spicy wing sauce. Like, I love stuff like that. Like the cayennes that I uh, dehydrate and make into flakes, I'll put that on fresh cantaloupe. I love it. I've been watching a lot of movies lately. I'm on like a three-week break. Like, like current movies, like movies hitting the theater or like older ones. I don't discriminate, Tom. 
I'll watch any kind of movie. What's the best one you've watched recently? Primal Fear. I can't remember which one that is. Um, Edward Norton. Um, she, she, the woman that played uh, the main character in Fargo. Frances McDermott. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember her last name. Great actress. Yes. You know she's won like three Oscars for acting and another one for a Best Picture. That's four. That's unheard of. Let me see. I, I'm sure she won one for Fargo. Then yep. did she win one for Three Billboards? Yep. The third one, I'm probably oh. not. Actually, that one just came out like a year ago or so, didn't it? What Three Billboards? The, the third one. No, Three Billboards. Um, it's called uh, Nomad or something like yep. that. Yep. Yeah, that's a recent one. Yeah. Yeah, I never uh, saw she, that one. She was also a producer in that one. That was pretty good. Um, I Fargo. That's. I watched Primal, one of my favorites. I watched Primal Fear and Fargo. Um, Anything by the Cohen brothers, outstanding. I, I thought it would be more thrilling, kind of. It was more of like a. It was serious, but it was also a comedy at the time. It, it, it was. It was. I took it as a comedy because of how clueless she was as a cop. And how clueless uh, William H. Macy was as a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, like, so fucking naive. It, it almost pissed you off at how, like, dumb. I, he wasn't dumb. He was smart. It's just he was so clueless to certain things. He was, it was the old, like, book smarts versus street smarts. He yes. thought because he was, like, this, you know, like, um, upper middle class dude good job um he thought like he was smarter than these criminals but it was an entirely different world that he was putting himself into uh do you have paramount plus or i don't do you have prime video i have prime video i have hbo max which is way hbo max is the way it's the best one do you have hbo max or just max now or max yeah max is cool i like it because they it's pretty much it's pretty much just HBO Max and Discovery Plus combined as one. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you look at all the great shows you get. That's what sets it above for me is Netflix. I mean, I'm not one of those people that can watch The Office every day for years at a time, but it was it was nice to have on there and uh, other, like, NBC shows that they lost. Like, Netflix yeah. doesn't have any show that I feel like watching anymore. Yeah, Netflix is. I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I watched a good movie on there uh, a couple days ago called Above Suspicion. Um, did you watch Game of Thrones? Um, I did. Uh, Amelia Clark. Um, um not I, my favorite. Yeah, but she was like the main character in right in Above Suspicion. It's a really good. Oh, okay. You should watch it. I, I sorry, I went straight to this misogynist place where I thought you were asking me to rate women. My bad. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, so above suspicion is um, it's just about uh the relationship between an informant and an FBI agent down in Pikeville, Kentucky. It's based off a true story. Interesting. Uh, what else? I watched Fargo. Um, I watched Primal Fear. Have you ever seen that? No. You need to watch it. It's 
I'm pretty positive it's on Prime Video. Mm-hmm. I watched it on Paramount Plus, but no, but Fargo I've seen too many times. The Coen Brothers make my favorite movies. Uh, do you like No Country for Old Men? Oh, one of my favorites. You don't get better than that. Again, I've seen that one so many times. Um, the book was better. The movie just left out so much great dialogue. But I mean, time. And the scenes that they did make, they made outstanding. And even that one, like so many like kind of comedic moments in that. Mm-hmm. Like the Coen brothers, in my opinion, like they don't really have any like true comedies. Like, even, like, their more goofy ones, like Big Lebowski, Raising Arizona, like, those are still, like, crime-based movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they're heist-based, and um, and there's um, pretty real-life consequences at the end. <laughs> like, like Donnie dies at the end of the Big Lebowski. Oh, so, thanks. I've never seen it before. Well, you've had your chance. It's a great movie. But, you know, it is, like, a hilarious laugh-out um, loud movie, but if you look at the story structure, it's technically a, um, a tragedy. Is that what Jeff Bridges is in that one? Yeah, the dude. Hold on. Who um, did the Coen brothers, did they um, direct the new True Grit? They did. Okay. Great movie. Both? Both are great. Um, I, I like when... Um, Mr. Coburn says to um, Matt Damon, he's like, I can do nothing for you, son. I just, I, I, it's not even a like a legendary line or a famous line. It's just, I can do nothing for you, son. I don't, I don't know why I like it, but I say it all the time to people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can only do so much for you. I can't do anything now. But uh, Primal Fear, you really need to watch it. It's about um, this lawyer Richard Greer is it gear or Greer I think it's gear okay anyway he um he's a big time lawyer in Chicago and uh he he's not like for the greater good kind of lawyer he's just looking out for himself yeah um he wants the money uh but he takes this one and it never really explains why he took it or I I don't remember how if they explained why he took it pro bono but um, the archdi or the archbishop of Chicago was brutally murdered, mm. and um, by one of his altar boys. And I can already see where this one's going. Well, he he tried his best to, you know, plead his case that. Um, the kid didn't do it, and everybody else thought, you know, it's a cut-and-dry kind of case. Um, but there's, as it goes on, as the case goes on, he finds out more deep and dark stuff about um, what caused it, and then it has a twist at the end that I'm like, okay. Well, there are two twists at the end. Like, one, you might see it coming, but the, at the very, very end, you're like, oh, okay, okay. And it's still, I don't want to give anything up because it's a really good film, but it kind of leaves you like, what? Did you watch the new Black Mirror? So, Black Mirror, is that um, one of those TV shows where it's a different, it's a different plot every season? 
Yeah, it's an anthology, the scholars might say. Kind of like um, American Horror Story. No, because American Horror Story, it, it has a story that it follows for an entire season. This Good. is much more like um, um, Twilight this, Zone. Okay, so does um, I didn't really mess with Twilight Zone. One-off stories. Okay, so episode one has nothing to do with episode two? They Sometimes they take place like within the same universe, but they're really not relevant outside of that, no. Okay. Like the story opens and closes within one episode. Okay. Like there's never a cliffhanger. There's never a to-be-continued. Uh, but it, it is a like psychological thrillers and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for the most part, and this is why I wanted to ask if you'd seen it. For the most part, it's like sci-fi based. But in this new season, they kind of they kind of dove into the supernatural. And personally, I wasn't a fan of it. I'll look into it. I mean, it's always going to be well-made episodes. They really put the work in. And uh, the stories are usually cool. They're usually pretty um, unique. I will say with this newest season, all but one episode, I kind of... I kind of predicted everything that was going to happen, but I, I didn't like it going into the supernatural. I like it being this sci-fi theme show, very like Kurt Vonnegut, very Philip K. Dick. Um, and and it's not far-fetched is the thing about it. It's not far-fetched at all. When we see everything that's developed with AI just within like the last two or three years, Neuralink, I would even say in the last year. Oh, yeah. Because there were kind of whispers about AI in like 2020 and 21. It very much existed. It's just not relevant as much in our day-to-day life. Yeah, and there were kind of like whispers in it in 2022. But AI, is it has its ups and downs, good and bad. I would tell you literally my favorite thing about AI is I, I just discovered this a few days ago, so sorry if it's old news to most people, but it's all these classic songs, and they had AI fill in, like, Plankton's voice or SpongeBob's voice to, to, to do this singing. Absolute bangers. Dude, they're surprisingly I, good. That's the, the crazy thing. Like, if you only, put Plankton in a, in a rock song, like, it works. The only one, the only character I can't listen to is Cartman. From South Park. I, well, they don't get the voice right. The voice is just, his voice is just bad. Yeah, like they didn't do a good, I guess the AI, I'm blaming the technology, but yeah, like the voice just doesn't really sound like Cartman. And some of the SpongeBob ones are the same way. Get on Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, and literally just type in AI Plankton, AI SpongeBob. Yeah. Like, the AI Plankton uh, singing War Pigs is freaking awesome. I, everyone should check it out. Um, Patrick Starr singing, like, um, he sings some country songs, some rap songs. Um, and it's, it, it, I, I like it. I, I don't I don't mind it at all. No, I, I think it's, it's not just, like, a funny thing to listen to, like, like another one I like a lot is um, I found one. It's the Highwayman song, and it's a uh, 
sponge, plankton, uh, crabs, and squidward. But it actually, you know, it's a good song to listen to. Uh, Sandy Cheeks, she just came out with a song. I haven't checked that out. I think now people are writing their own songs. Like people like me and you are writing their own songs and letting AI, generating it to AI so Sandy can sing it. That could be. Yeah. Like you see a lot of AI covers through SpongeBob and Tammy Turner and all this other stuff, but there are some songs that I've never heard of. Maybe, maybe some, you know, musician, you know, sang it, wrote it, whatever. But there are some songs that I've never heard of, and they're really good. And it's just Sandy singing it. Talking about how she's like a bad bitch and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, it thumps. Is that I, a cool word? Thump. I don't know. And you and I aren't cool, so we're who not. are we to say? Yeah. I mean, we're not even cool for like Brown County. That's the sad thing. <laughs> like, yeah. You more so than me for sure, but I mean, you're you're a popular guy. People like you, but like I, you know, for me, like, um. I'm not even, like, cool out here. Like, I don't know how to hunt. I don't know how to fish. So, I don't have, you know, I don't really, not a particularly good driver. It's never really driven, like, a four-wheeler or what are those things called side-by-side. So I saw a picture that uh, describes me to a T. I'm a popular loner. I know a lot of people, and a lot of people know me, but my circle is small, and I'm usually by myself. That, yeah, that I feel that. Yeah, that's me to a T. I'm I'm in this weird place where like I keep on moving from being close to the city to more so out in the country because it kind of feels like I'm I don't fully belong in either one and and somewhere there's this really nice suburb for me and I'll find yeah. it. But um, but you need a suburb like um, that's the houses aren't exactly on top of each other. You need enough to where you can mow your yard and not worry about it getting in your neighbor's yard. Yeah. And have enough to have your own garden. Yeah, you know, have, like, your traditional, like, yard, you know, like, maybe, I mean, kind of like the way my dad's house is spaced out, like, with his neighbors and, you know, like. Live in a spaced out subdivision. Have you ever Well, no. Okay. Not that, but close. Um, I mean, I, I like a, a small town like Williamsburg or Batavia. I mean, I like Georgetown. It's just, it's, it has bad access to stuff you need. Um, Liming Farm Road, I think that's it. Um, the road before, right before the um, funeral home in Mount Orb. Oh, yep. That back there, really nice subdivision. I like a whole bunch of like little streets and avenues and whatnot and cul-de-sacs that's the kind of space someone would need yeah but like i I don't want any hoas i don't want neighbors that are going to be um, getting like the yard treatments right next door what do you mean like the weed sprays and like any more like mosquito sprays are becoming more popular and i just i don't i'd rather not be around it guess you know 
we we can discuss the weed spray. You know, we could debate that a little bit. But with the mosquito spray, that kills all the pollinators. And I'm someone who uh, grows vegetables, so I kind of need pollinators to have success. Do you hike? Not as much as I like to. Certainly not as much as I used to. I went to uh, Red River Gorge. Last I've Saturday. never been there. Oh my god, it's great. I'd say I walked about seven miles. We did like a circle. Um, went to these two different um, huge rocks. Climbed up on top of them. I'll show you some pictures afterwards. Did I tell you about this last week? You did not. Okay, yeah, I went there. It was pretty good. Sweated a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are actually, I'm close to a lot of really good parks. Yeah, I know Hamilton County has uh, some pretty nice parks. Um, they really do, but I mean, but it, it's just, if, it's uh, crowded. Yeah, if I'm going to go hiking, I want it to, I don't want it to be like, I hiked a mile. I, I at least want, at minimum, four miles. Yeah, I, I feel that, and, and and I would prefer it be like, like a, hike kind of in a, like a circle. I don't want to go four miles or two miles and then two miles back. I don't want you, you want it to loop. Yeah, you don't want to come back the same way I, you I, came. I, I don't want to see two things twice. Yeah, definitely. Um, we should go to Alt Park sometime. That's like a serious trail. Alt Park. Those hills are that, big, man. That? Um, that's that's like Hyde Park. Why does that sound familiar? Yeah, like Hyde Park, Mount Lookout. I don't yeah. know which one it technically is. It's only like five minutes from where I live now. Yeah, I've always wanted to um, go to one of those, like Eden Park. Not necessarily that. I'm just giving an example, and like, and just overlook the city. I'm skip it. If you want to overlook the city, there. are there are places I can take you where you're going to get a much better view. Eden Park, it's it's fine. It it's a good park for being in a very urban area, but um, I would say the you're not really seeing the city. You're as so much as you're seeing Kentucky, and the, the view's just not that great. I can take you to much better spots. I want to uh, I want to eat at Incline Public House. I, I do too. Shoot, let's go. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, actually, I, I want to do this with you too, specifically because you're you know, you're an old country boy like me. We need to go to the precinct sometime because <laughs> we do not belong there. But we should go. Well, uh, uh, do you have to have? Uh, is there a dress code? Nothing that's going to be that severe. Like could, I don't. You're could, not going to have to wear a black jacket and a tie. Could we walk in there with what we're wearing now? I mean, I don't know, like maybe at like the bar, I, I just really don't know the answer to that question, but um, I, I'm, there probably is a dress code, but I don't imagine it's a very strict one. I, I mean, like khakis and a polo would be fine, or even like jeans, so long as they're not tattered. We need to um, go to all three Jeff Ruby locations. Can we do that across the span of three years, man? Why? Jeff Ruby, expensive. I know, but... Money comes and goes. I I do want to go to the precinct. I I could skip Johnny and Carlo. I've been there once, the precinct. I I went to the, it was never the precinct. Maybe it was just called Jeff Ruby Steakhouse, but it used to be downtown. I went there for the Anthony Munoz scholarship. Did you win? 
I, I did not win like the biggest scholarship. They had, I think it was something like eight eight boys and eight girls, and um, then they had like like we each you know made a certain amount of money. Then um, like the the top candidate for you know boy and girl, they got like an extra a few thousand on top of that. So it really wasn't worth it. It, it was worth it. No, 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 no. I, I wasn't worth it to be the main one. Like the. You, oh, absolutely. You, you, you I wish I would have won. <laughs> I didn't deserve to, but I wish I would have. Oh. And arguably the guy who did win didn't deserve it either. But I won't go into all that because it's not important. I just, I, I thought that other stories were more compelling. I thought that other students... Because oh, it was so it, it was about academics and it was about adversity. I thought some people had better academics and faced more adversity. But we all deserved it. Like no, you so know, we all deserved to be there. So I probably had it the easiest. It's a scholarship based off of sob stories. Uh, it was about overcoming adversity. It's not like we just and they were all like we were all high GPAs. Like, again, I was probably amongst the least sad story there because it, a lot of it, it wasn't just that they'd already lost a parent. It was like, I've lost a parent and I also have this um, lifelong medical condition. Mm-hmm. So like I had cancer, which freaking sucked, man. But like I had cancer and now I don't. And it, my life is otherwise normal. And I always had both parents and I still do thankfully. And I hope I do for a long time. And to me, like, like, I'm, I'm just, with everything I'm faced, I'm glad I always had both my parents. I'm glad that I'm healthy here today. I'm glad that I always had a roof over my head. Like, I, I've been very fortunate. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm happy that I did not win because I certainly did not deserve it, but I probably would have given it to someone else. <laughs> um, in another life or another universe, whatever you want to call it, I've thought of, um, like, how I would, if I were to ever win an Oscar, like, how I would win it. Or how I would accept it, and what would I say in my acceptance speech. And I've come up with two ways. And it, it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Um, one, if they say in the Oscar goes to Jacob Carpenter, I would walk up, grab the Oscar... And just walk off stage, not say a word. That would, that would, you know, that would be like a viral moment, you know. That just it would come off as disrespectful, though. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, okay, so it is disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Go up there like Ricky Gervais, man. Just start ripping Tom Hanks, a new one. Yeah. Well, hold on. Because he's earned it. Hold, hold on. My second way of accepting it is, they say I've won. I go up there. I get it. Um, you know, the clapping has calmed down. And I would say, because I swear, when people get up there, which I understand people have their lives and they've been through adversity and whatnot, that's, that's fine. But I would go up there and I would say, this is no sob story. This isn't about me going through some adversity and climbing up some big hill and you know, the Miley Cyrus song, all that stuff. It's not about that. 
I've had a good life. You know, I didn't have the absolute best life. I didn't have everything given to me. You know, parents took care of me. So if you're expecting a sob story, stop. I'm going to stop you right there. This is just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I put in the work that needs to be done. My peers thought I deserved it. They voted for me. You know what I mean? that That's that's how I would accept pretty much anything, you know. Yeah, I get that. It, it It's borderline but, smug. So if you ever do win, I, I would definitely, like, I, I would rehearse. What do you mean by smug? It just kind of comes off as like, um, like, oh, whatever, I won. Yeah, I, I won because other people said I won. Yeah, I mean, like last night, this uh, we were playing basketball, and this guy, I think he was saying he, I know he played D two football up in Michigan, and I think he had won a national championship. And some guy, one of his best friends there was like, yeah, what'd that get you? And I was thinking in my mind, but they kept talking to each other, and I couldn't, like, you know, interject. And I was thinking, you can call him what you want, but you have to call him a champion. Whether you like it or not, you have to call him a champion. He won. If nothing else, what it probably got him was laid. He probably got laid. (laughs) That's something. But I think his friend was telling him, like, what's that got you now? Like, what, how has that affected your life? But I, I don't even look at it like that. Like you're saying, that was, that speech would have been smug or, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's all types of Super Bowl champions you that can, are bankrupt, and yeah. what they did was still greatness. Yeah, you can say what you want about me, but you have to call me a winner. You have to call me yeah. a champion, you know. Um, See, I think I would, like, definitely – I would have to thank my grandma Cropper, rest in peace, because she was always watching Turner Classic, and I saw a lot of great movies that I would have never seen otherwise if it wasn't for her. Um, my dad, for pretty much the same reason, and when you factor in that, he probably got his love of movies from the same person. That's pretty cool. Like My dad showed me Cool Hand Luke, one of my favorites. Um, I mean, Shawshank Redemption and... The Always. movies I didn't even like at the time, but I like a lot now, like um, Apocalypse Now, Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, so many classics I watched with him. Then my mom, who, um, she goes for more like the art house, independent movies, and she's taken me to see so many of those. So definitely both my parents and my grandma Cropper, I would have to thank if I ever won an Oscar. Are you a Quentin Tarantino fan? I am, but, like, I don't – I wouldn't say he's the greatest, but I'm definitely a fan. Yeah. He, he's probably my top three. Mm-hmm. The Cohen brothers are definitely my favorite. Like Christopher Nolan a lot. Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch Oppenheimer? Uh, eventually, man, but I don't know that I want to go take three hours to see it. I'm. Go- it's going to be on Peacock. I looked it up. It's going to be on Peacock in, like, November, I believe. And Barbie's going to be on – HBO Max or Max. Now, Barbie, I probably will go see in theaters. Yeah. Might try to do that tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just, I'm a big fan of going to movies in general. And, um, like, I saw Sound of Freedom. And I'm not kidding you. There were technical difficulties. They were resolved after about 10 minutes. That was the last movie I saw. Huh. Before that, the last movie I saw was uh, the second Spider-Verse. Great movie. So, I like to make it to the movies like once a month. 
technical difficulties on a controversial film. And what the thing, a coincidence. And the thing is, I didn't even realize that was a thing that was like being reported until I just Googled Showtimes for that movie, and it was one of the headlines that had popped up. But um, there were technical difficulties. They got resolved after about 10 minutes. I was still able to watch the entire film, but um, there for a minute, I was like, I this might be a story. <laughs> but no, I think... Technical difficulties do happen. I've seen hundreds of movies in theaters, and it's bound to happen at least once. Um, another thing I want to tell you before we head out of here. Um, do you – what podcast do you listen to? I don't listen to any really right now, but my favorites in, the, pa- in the past have been definitely the Joe Rogan Experience. I would the Tim Dillon show has made me laugh harder than any movie than any TV show. Like listening to that podcast, I've had the hardest laughs of my life. So that's a great one. I, I like watching clips from a uh, Bill Maher's podcast, um, and that's pretty much it. Every now and then, the random Theo Vaughn podcast. I don't I don't like Tom and Bert. I like watching clips. Of I don't really like Schultz. I like watching clips of Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Um, Listen, I'm not racist. <laughs> I mean, I get a couple flare-ups in traffic, but I'm not racist. <laughs> is, is that a Theo quote? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's one of... Uh, that, was, that was one quote I really liked. And then I just saw one. It was like, Theo, man. Somebody called in. He was like, listen, I'm in a predicament. So, me and my wife... You know, we had a threesome with this girl. And my wife kind of found out she liked girls. So then we had a threesome with a dude, you know. I was hoping maybe, like, get her back. But then I found out I like dudes. (laughs) And then he's like, so I think we're going to split up. And I just, I was hoping I could get some advice from you. And Thea was like, Y'all gay, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was one. Uh, this was, um, it was in his actual um, um, stand-up. He was like, and this was uh, years ago. And he was like, I, I can't remember if it was his cousin or his brother. He was like, my cousin got bit by a gay dude. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Dude, I feel like Theo could relate to this, and, um, like, people think that they can just come up to me, and, like, the thoughts that they keep hidden from other people, that they see me as, like, a safe place, and I don't know if it's, like, the the long hair or, like, the beards, but, like, this is absolutely true. Like, this drunk guy just came up to me randomly, like, two weeks at the bar, and he said, like, you gotta look out for those coloreds, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I actually said this to him too. He was like, man, like, why do you think you can just come up to me and start telling me to look out for the colors? Is it something about the way I dress? Like, cause I'll change shirts. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want you coming up to me and saying this shit. But anyway, the whole purpose I ask you about, or the reason why I ask you about the podcast you listen to, um, have you seen, uh, the Shia LaBeouf uh, with um, the guy from Walking Dead and 
Wolf of Wall Street. John. Oh, Bernthal. Bernthal, okay. Um, he has a podcast called The Real Ones. And this was about a year ago. He brought um, Shia LaBeouf on there after Shia was. I always, I always think it's Shia, and his last name is Buff. But I guess it's just Shy. Yeah. Shia. Shia, I think, yeah. Yeah, Shia La. LaBeouf, yeah. Yeah, LaBeouf. Anyway. But um, he just, it, it's like a, it's a really spiritual episode. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, maybe an hour and a half or two and a half hours. But it's really good. Um, and he says in there, like, he talks about his mistakes in life and, like, uh, his domestic violence episodes and um, talks about how his woman still loves him and whatnot. And, but he says this clip, or he says this line in there, and it, like, it messed me up because it, it's always been stuck in my head and it just it's a very good way to look at life. He was like, I wake up every day knowing I'm blessed, I have work to do, and... It's all going to be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. And ever since then, I'm like, all right, whatever happens, happens. You know, everything will work out no matter what. Sun's still going to shine every day. You know, it's going to go down, mm-hmm. it's going to come up, and the world's going to rotate. But I mean, I'm not trying to dive into conspiracy, but like he came up working for Disney as a little kid. Like, who knows what he was exposed oh, to. Shut the fuck up. I, I'm just saying, man. You look at Nickelodeon where, like, all that abuse is verified. So, okay, so he... It might have been him. Or it might have been... Uh, Lil Bow Wow. Um, I think it was Lil Bow Wow said that... Um, if you're a child actor or a child in the entertainment industry, it's called the Coogan account where so much of your money goes to this, or like a percentage of your money goes into this account and you cannot access it till you're 18. Yeah. And the other money is, it's still yours, but I guess your parents, you know. Right, yeah, they spend it all. They spend it all or they use it or... Hopefully they put it in like a college fund yeah. or invest it, and but I think he said, they spend it. He said the reason why you have all these like uh, childhood actors go crazy when they grow up is because they have this money, sit uh, this whole bunch of money sitting in this account, and it's theirs. All they have to do is once they turn 18, they show proof that they're 18, they sign some papers, and that money immediately goes into their account and they just go buck wild. You know, they go crazy. Imagine imagine if you had a lot of money, like life-changing money at the age of 18. Exactly how you were 18. Yeah, but I mean, you and I don't, but I mean, I think there are a lot of rich kids who probably did have a substantial amount of money at a young age. But, I mean, I, I just don't think it can simply be about the fact that they have money. I think it's I think it's m- probably more so the lifestyle attributed with all of it. Not going to a normal school. Um, 
having people like recognize you your entire life, um, an untraditional schedule, an untraditional relationship with adults. Like it's a weird thing. Like if you're the child, if you're the star of like a kid's show, like you're like the star, you're like the superior to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, you're kind of like on these level terms with adults, but you're a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I but you should you should definitely listen to that podcast, the real ones. I will. Uh, with Shia LaBeouf, very spiritual. I, I'm I'm kind of in that like philosophical stuff. Like I'll always, uh, you've seen my Instagram stories. I always love a good quote. Mm-hmm. You know, might sound corny or douchebagish, if what? that's even a word, but um, it's probably not. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think I like it. Having a spiritual side helps me with my line of work, and it probably does like with any line of work when you really break it down. But like, I work in this gray area where. Alcohol can be, like, a good thing that you celebrate with, but can mm-hmm. also be, like, a very dangerous thing. And um, understanding both sides of it, I think it helps me do a better job, helps me uh, make sure that people aren't being overserved or that they're not being ripped off. And, um, I mean, I know, like, I, I'm certainly not doing anything noble or world-changing, but I think that you should still try to, treat it that way sometimes though no matter what you're doing like really see the value in what you're doing and really see how um how bad things can creep into your life so you got to fight back against that you got to try to be a good person at whatever you're doing um anything else you want to say um not really I just wanted to try to tie it back to bartending somehow because I think we need to officially just Make this bartending with Tom part one. I'll, I'll make sure it's bartending with Tom part one. I mean, is there time for a quick bar joke? Maybe. Yeah. You want like a like a fun one, like a family friendly one, or do you want a dirty one? I don't let don't let be the one with the apple. Like here, taste this apple. It's not that. Okay. Okay. Because I just watched it. And I just watched a clip of it, and I was like, that's it's not that funny, but go ahead. Okay. Before you say this, I got to say something, though. Kind of got on my nerves when you're like, I don't listen to UFC, or I don't watch UFC anymore, because I had a lot to say about that. Well, well, dude, I'm sorry, but, like, I didn't want it to turn into this thing where I'm just sitting here going, like, I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> like, the truth is, I don't. I haven't followed. I can't talk about any sport in much depth right now. I've I've barely watched sports the last year. I was excited. I know, man. But, like, if, if I'm there, like, bartending for a Bengals game or for a Reds game, like, I don't get to watch it. Yeah. If I'm lucky, I get to, you know, Check the score. Yeah, I get to check the score and, like, see who won. But, um, but no, I was never that big of a fan of watching sports. UFC has probably been the sport I've had the most fun watching. But it's a lot to keep up with, too. One more thing before you tell the joke. Uh, do you think Jake passed the bar? I, I don't have any doubt. I, he worked very hard. Jake's my brother, for those who don't know. Um, he just graduated from the University of Dayton's Law School and – Took his bar exam, awaiting results, but... He's the bane of my existence. You two are 
you two have this connection to the universe where like you're kind of friends, but you're also kind of enemies. Yeah. Cause like neither one of you will ever relent. Like you're both kind of instigators and and neither one of you will ever like give up. Kind of. I mean, no, yeah, definitely. Like, it, it's not kind of. You're both definitely instigators. I'm trying not to be a hater. Jake, you know, you're my boy. You're my little brother. I love you. You're an instigator. I'm sorry. Listen, I, I wished him, uh, I wanted to get him on here. Um, and then he was like, well, it's got to be a certain time because I have the bar. And I was like, when when is that again? He's like the 25th and 26th. I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, it was 25th and 26th. The morning of the 25th, I said, good luck today. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. So, Well, and I, and I will tell the joke, but, like, this thought just kind of popped in my head about, like, scheduling podcasts. And you think about, like, some of the cool people that were around when we were growing up and they're not around anymore and this type of thing just didn't exist for them. It's a shame, man. It really is a shame. You, you remember Mr. Turner? Yeah. Yeah, like a, a prime Mr. Turner to have his, like, stories recorded. I bet that would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been. Or uh, Coach Hawkins. That would have been I cool. mean, Which I, I had the fortune to hear a lot of stories from my dad, from my uncles, from, you know, like, anyone, <laughs> anyone from Georgetown <laughs> had a Coach Hawkins story, so... Man, like it, it would have been awesome to have someone like him, or, or even like the people I didn't even meet. That you know, they're just legends at this point. Like just some of those Georgetown legends you heard about, but they were gone before our time. So let's hear this joke. Um, I might tell more than one. I I, I need to see how you respond to the first one. All right, go ahead. Okay, so a snake slithers into a bar, and he says. I'll have a double whiskey on the rocks. Bartender says, sorry, I'm not going to serve you. You don't look like you can hold your alcohol. <laughs> okay, see, that's why I have to tell a second one. This one's dirty. Man walks into a bar. He sees a sign up on the, on the wall, and it says, hamburger, $5. Cheeseburger, $6. Hand job, $10. And he sees the woman working the bar she's an attractive blonde and he calls her over and he's like hey are are you the the person who gives the hand jobs and uh, she says well a matter of fact yes i am and the man says to her well wash your hands i want a cheeseburger <laughs>